13. And let's stand, at least we can try that. And let's read the Bible in verse number 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. If you're there, say Amen. The Bible said, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey in the far country, they're wasted. That's what a whole lot of people are doing tonight. They're wasted his substance with riotous living. Another thing a lot of people are doing this very night. The Bible said when he had spent all, there is coming a day where that will take place. There arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields, into his fields to feed swine. He would have would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? I perish with hunger. He said, I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. But the Bible says this, he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his Feed and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I don't have a fancy title or even a fancy thought. But I do want to continue preaching tonight on the prodigal son. Let's pray. Father, we need your help desperately tonight. God, I am not fixing to try to do this by myself. And so, Lord, if you will help me, that would be a blessing. If you'd get on me, preach to me and through me tonight. God, I don't know what these people need. God, I don't know what I need half the time. But, Lord, I know this. God, that we trust you and that you are more than able. God, you see past the facade. You see past, Lord, the put on. You see past the, the guilt. The sh- Lord, you see past every bad thing we have. And God, you know where we need help tonight. So God, say and do things in this place that only you can receive. The honor, the praise, and the glory, and the accolades for. God, I can only say words. But God, through you and by you and the Spirit of God and the Scriptures, Lord, you can penetrate the heart of those who are here tonight. We're asking you to do so, and we'll thank you for what you do. For it's in Christ's name we do ask and pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. I want to briefly remind you that this story... Uh, my friend, no doubt we understand the context and we understand that, uh, my friend, it is applied to a Jew, if you will, would look at the context. We understand that uh, there's a covenant here, but my God, if we can't make application uh, from the prodigal son, then we need to leave the rest alone as well. I'm telling you, I know what it's like to be a prodigal. Is there anybody here tonight that knows what it's like? Maybe you're living there tonight where 
you're not really in good fellowship with God. I'm not saying he's not your father. There is a difference tonight between a lost man and a backslidden man. There is a difference between somebody who knows not God and somebody who knows God but is not walking with God. We might as well all get honest and I hope you've come up just to be honest with God tonight. And we all might as well just realize that if you've not been a prodigal at some point, uh, my, bless your soul. First of all, you are a blessing to me. Uh, but if you have been, which is all of us, uh, you know what it is for God to give grace and mercy uh, to men and women who do not deserve it. May I say we did not deserve the grace that God give us to save us, let alone after he would pull our never dying soul out of the charred walls of the damned. Never mind that he would put our name in the Lamb's book of life. Never mind that he would wash us in the blood of his darling son. Besides all of that, can you believe that you and I would turn tail and walk back to the very muck and the very mire that God so graciously brought us out of. I need somebody to help me tonight. I'm telling you, I'm not bragging on sin, but I know the guilt and the shame of a prodigal. But I also know tonight uh, the good God, grace of God uh, and the good mercy of God and the long suffering of God. Uh, I know what it feels like uh, to get the dirt uh, and to get the filth and, and to get the guile and get the perversion of the far country on me as a child of the king. Oh, but can I tell you when I came home, uh, I found out it wasn't just a story in the Bible, but there really was a father who was waiting on his son. Oh, my God, I'm glad, hallelujah, he was waiting on me. When I started back towards the father's house, he met me along the journey, and sure enough, he forgave me, and he loved me in spite of me, and he washed me up, and he covered me up, and he lifted me up despite all I had done to him. Even after he saved me. If I don't do something for your. If I can't crank your tractor right there. Your crank's broke. I mean it was good enough. That he would save me. He should have left my tail in the far country. Why would God ever let you and me come home. After we would disgrace his grace. And his name the way we have. But somebody ought to throw both on. We are not Presbyterians. We are not at Roman Catholic Mass. I am going to get something out of y'all before we go to the house. You say, oh, you look for emotion? No, I, I, we, don't, we don't run off emotions, but if you got what I got, it makes you emotional that God would love me and, and forgive me and restore. I mean, bless His goodness. If He hadn't took a prodigal back, you wouldn't have a pastor tonight. But He took me back at 18. Hallelujah. I'm glad, I'm glad that God still restores prodigals. I've seen God do it in this church time after time. And you know what? We're still praying these others need to come home. But I'm rejoicing tonight over those of you who have went to the far country, wasted all your living, all your inheritance, and with righteous living, but you soon came to yourself. How many of y'all know that the fun runs out? I mean, we know this. Sin is pleasurable, but just for a season. 
Did you know there's really two prodigals here in our story? And I ain't got all my notes out in front of me, but I preached on enough. I ought to be able to say a few words about it. Did you know that elder son was just as much a prodigal as the, as the other son that left? By the way, I want you to catch this if you would down in verse number uh, verse number 12. The Bible said the younger of them said to his father, Father, give. What's the next word? Father, give me. Uh, so the younger son said, Give me the portion of goods that falleth me. Now notice this. And he, the father, divided unto who? Unto them. You know what that tells me? That the younger son asked for his portion. But when daddy went to the, uh, the closet of blessing, he did not just get out one son's uh, inheritance, but he gave it to both sons. Uh, now granted, one was sleeping in a palace uh, at night. One of the sons, the older son, was still sleeping in the palace while the younger son, son slept with the pigs. But nonetheless, they both received uh, the good that befell them from the father and here's my thing if the elder son had never went to the far country why in God's name did he know so much about it I believe he's as guilty as the younger brother he was just a little better at covering it up we all know there's prodigals that don't go to church you see them on Facebook they used to be in the choir but now my friend they're online half naked getting drunk on July the 4th we all know that's a prodigal but what about those who are sitting here tonight? My friend, you look the part. You smell the part. You act the part. You dress the part. You amen the part. You still sing in the choir. Nobody knows but on the deep dark holes of your heart. You know as well as I do. There are people here tonight. My friend, you may have not left the house yet. But you can be home and nobody be home. I'm telling you, I'm interested in somebody waking up tonight. It's high time to awake. Uh, the day is far spent. And the hours at hand. Just any day now. I believe the voice of the archangel. And the trumpet God will sound. Uh, and the dead in Christ will rise. Uh, then we which are alive. Uh, and remain will be. We will be called up. Uh, I'll meet them in the clouds. Uh, if you really believe that. I would have to pump you and prime you friend. But just any moment. We're Headed to a land where the sun always shines. It's time for prodigals to come home tonight. We're preaching to sinners and lost people on Sunday morning. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a whole lot of wayward people that saved here on Wednesday night. Somebody said, well, God's got most of me. That ain't how he operates. God don't get halfway in, halfway out. He, you either, listen to me, it's really this simple. With my prodigal, here's how you can know. Are you all the way in? Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. Now don't say amen to me and not consider that question. Oh, I'm all the way in. Okay. Let's just do a little survey then. You're all the way in. I mean all the way. I'm talking about three quarters. I mean, full throttle all the way in. If you're not all the way in, you're not all the way right. And you can't be halfway right. You're either right with God or you're not right with God. You're either in fellowship with God or you're not in fellowship. Here's the problem. We have soothed our consciences so much that we can be a prodigal on a church pew and live and die that way and never recognize it. People are doing it every day. Did you know I can tell you 
as the pastor of this church, I, I can I can promise you there's not everybody's not all the way in. Therefore, you are a prodigal. And you may stay at the Paul's house for now, but let me give you a piece of news: it ain't gonna last forever. Because see, God is not gonna let you sit idle. You know, you know, God is not content with lukewarmness. Oh, I feel a little bit better tonight. But did you, did you know that God is not content with you being neither hot nor cold, uh, my friend, but lukewarm? God would rather you be on fire or cold as a dead cucumber at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm telling you, I am looking at people tonight that God could do so much through and for you. And you can't, you don't even know your own potential because some of you, even after getting saved, never got all the way. I mean, you've got a lot going for you, but you're not all the way way in. Here's a brief survey. Uh, my friend, if you was all the way in, if you was really at the Father's house in a perfect fellowship with God, things would be different in your life. Uh, you would look different than you look. You would act different than you act. You would uh, thrive in ways. Uh, my friend, you'd survive in other ways. I'm telling you, to be in fellowship with God, uh, with that comes a testimony and some proof in the pudding. And I'm looking at some prodigals here tonight. Yeah. Yeah, man. We all want to point our finger at all those who's making us fool of themselves on social media, but there's a whole bunch still sitting in the church house. Yeah. My friend, if you're not careful, you'll convince yourself that you're a faithful son. But in reality, you too are a prodigal tonight. I want to look at one, both of these sons really if God will help us tonight. I just want to remind you of a few things I said last week about this prodigal. We're just going to look at three different areas. First of all, I want us to look, and just by way of review, we're not going to preach it, but I, want to, I do want to take notice of what the prodigal left. If you're going to be a prodigal son, you are going to leave some things behind. Did you know you can't have your cake and eat it too with God? Y'all may play your boss at work, but you ain't going to play God. You may play your pastor, but you ain't going to play God. You may play mom and daddy, but you won't play God. You may play your husband or your wife, but you, I'm telling you, sir or ma'am, you will not play God. God sees it all. He sees past the facade and the costume. He sees the very condition of your heart tonight. And God knows if you're really in or out. And if you're not careful, as a prodigal, you will absolutely leave some things behind. Number one, as a prodigal, we said he left his father. If we didn't go any further, that will be enough for you to get in. Yeah. Yeah, we sang it and it didn't move nobody. And that's where we've reached in this generation. We're so desensitized. We've watched so much on Hollywood and YouTube and Facebook. I mean, I mean, it's just another fictional character. Even the Christians who know the Lord, He has become a figment of the imagination. But I'm telling you, if you're really walking with Him, you can't talk about His love without getting happy all over. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like knowing what it is to be in fellowship with God tonight. And as a prodigal, the first thing you'll leave is your father. He broke fellowship with his father. Talk about the one who gave him everything he had. Did you know every ounce of fun, every dollar he spent for for temporary fun, he only only was able to do so because God the Father was faithful to him? You ever thought about wasting God's air? 
Y'all didn't know that that was God's air that we're breathing right now, did you? You ever thought about wasting His heartbeats? He's handing you. He keeps hitting a button, keeping that thing going. Until it's time to stop, He's the one in charge of it. Can I get a witness? Why are you going to waste His heartbeat? What about a day? I've been looking at, I ain't got a message on, I've got some thoughts on it. What about a day? How many days has God given you that you've wasted? Did you know every day is precious? Yeah. Yes, sir. Bible said, take no thought for tomorrow. And I'm paraphrasing because ain't nobody here knows what tomorrow may bring forth. Yeah. James said that life is as a vapor. Yeah. It appeared for a little while, then things are the way. The Bible said it's no more than a blade of grass that's grown up and hewn down. I'm telling you that every day we have is a precious gift and opportunity to walk in sweet fellowship with our Father. I wonder how many you've wasted this week. Hey, how many of y'all was laid in the bed and never even took the time to talk to God? When your feet hit the floor, you ought to shout. You, well, y'all ain't going to help me. I can done tell a whole bunch tonight, but I would appreciate it a little bit. Can y'all help me a little bit? Did you know every time the soles of your feet touch your bedroom floor, it's another blessing from God. I don't know what you've done today, nor do I know what you've done yesterday. And there's nothing we can do with the days that we have spent. But you can start afresh and anew in the morning. And it's a miracle that God gives us another chance and another day. Or how many days we're faithful to do whatever it is that we want to do and never even take time to consider our wonderful Father. I imagine my daddy's probably pretty let down with the amount of days that he goes and don't even hear my voice at times. I bet that probably bothers him. Some of y'all don't look down on me. You don't talk to your parents every day like you should either. Right now, I acknowledge the fact and I say, yeah, I probably should do better. But it ain't really affecting me, if I'm being honest. I know I'm wrong. I probably should talk to them more. But here's the thing. I, I can talk to them right now. So I know I've done them wrong yesterday, but hey, how y'all doing? Good to see you. Sorry about that. Keep your power dry. Love you. Y'all with me? I just made up for that, didn't I? Yeah, for now. Until they're in the graveyard. Yeah. Then I ain't made up for it no more. Right. You know what? I'm going to sit on the edge of my bed if God don't come get us, and I hope He does. I'm going to sit on the bed, edge of my bed as a middle-aged man with tears, hot tears, one of these days running down my, my cheeks and hitting the floor of my room as my children have aged and they have grown up and gotten older. My wife and I have spent more time together and all my days have passed by as a vapor. I can look back and say, man, I remember when Elijah was born and that's been 20 years ago. I remember when Madison that was just a, a little girl. That's been 30 years ago. I remember going and hunting with my daddy but that's been 15 years ago since I got to go it's been in heaven for 15 years that day's going to come there's nothing I can do to slow it down and just talking about it I'm emotional and I already feel like a piece of garbage 
right now. Because I know that's, a, that's the truth. But can I say something? As much as I love my daddy, as much as he's done for me, he can't compare to all he's done for me. And, and, and God makes a comparison with our family. You know God gives you family to understand his love? You don't know why God gives a thing called a brother to understand what it's like to have one. You know why God talks about a wife so you can understand how he loves his wife. You know why God gives us fathers? Because he is a father and he, he, he explains and demonstrates his love to us through our relationships here on earth. And there's a verse in the Bible that says that if, you know, your, your father and your mother, they don't, you don't ask for, for, for a piece of bread and they give you a stone. You know what I know about my mom and dad? They do anything they can do for me. I believe that. Amen. He said this, how much more does your heavenly father care and love yeah. and provide for you? If they, I believe my daddy would spill his blood in the floor of this church for me. I'm going to tell you one thing. I'd do it for any of mine. If somebody rolled up in here and said, I'm fixing to kill somebody, and they grabbed my child and said, it's him or you, Pastor, what are you going to do? I'm just going to say, this ain't even a question. Right. Take me out of here. Because that's, right. that's how much I love my son. That ain't a fragment how much he loves us. And here you are, kicked back in his ass. And he came by and said, I love y'all. Praise, preacher. I'm not mad. Help us. Trying to help you. Yeah. Church ought not be that way. Yeah. Uh, how would it feel if every time we hung up the phone, you said, "All right, son, I love you." I just hung up on you. I'd get old quick, I imagine. You know what he knows? Everything I had growing up, and most of what I've got today, is a direct product in some way. It is linked and related to his love for. Yeah. How do you reckon we make our Lord feel? We barge in His house like we own the place. We read His word and we say what we want. We sing His songs. We shake the hands. Look, look, listen to me. We shake the hands of His sheep that He bought in His own blood. And we can't even smile about it. Put the cripple too high for crutches. You know what you ought to have deserved and what you ought to have gotten and what I deserve and what I ought to have got was a nice bed laid in hell. That's what we all deserve. But God has, somebody ought to say, man, God has been good. And so that's all I'm going to say about this father for now. When you are a prodigal, the first thing you do is leave the father. He is your first love. But then secondly, we see not only did this prodigal when he went to the far country leave his father, he left his family, his brother, his mother, the servants. I mean, he left family behind. Can I say this? And, and this is why I've had to take a stand and say things over the last little while, last year, a couple of years, over people, prodigals going to the far country. Guess what? We can't go out there with them. The father never left the house, but the son left the father. And he lost his father. He left his family. You know one of the greatest gifts God's ever give you outside of salvation is other sheep. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yes. Hey, it's hard to be in a fold if you're the only sheep. Right. You know what a sheep can't do? You know what a sheep can't do? I'm fixing to tell you a very profound truth. They can't live alone. They're stupid. 
I don't have to tell you to say they are some of the dumbest animals on the planet. Sheep are dumb. You ever heard, you know, talk about, uh, it was talking about the dumb, leading the dumb. Sheep are dumb animals. Goats, I know they're not sheep, but they're in the same family. Has anybody ever raised goats or sheep? You've got to go up there and pay them $100 a day not to hang yourself in the fence. They have no sense. You put up the fence, and the reason you put up the fence is because there's coyotes out there. And rottweilers. And pit bulls. And, and whatever else is crawling around. And the sheep lamb chop sounds real good to any of them. So here's what a shepherd will do. He'll put up a fence and say, all right, I'm a nice little sheep. I'm going to come feed you every day and water you every day. Be good little boys and girls. I love you. I'm going to come see you tomorrow. Have a great night. Sleep tight. Don't let the sheep bugs bite. Amen. Bye. Peace out. Keep having a See you. And you think that's where the end of it, right? Oh, no. As soon as he walks away, and they stick their head through a fence and turn it sideways. And they can't get out. Or they gnaw the ground up into dust particles and they hook their way under the fence so they can go out and get hit by a coal truck. Yeah. Or so they can wander around in somebody else's yard and they get lamb chopped for dinner. Or so they can get out by the pond where the bobcats are living and the coyotes are howling and get pounced on and ate. And the only thing the shepherd put boundaries up in the sheep's life for was to keep them away from danger. Right. But you know what all sheep are prone to do? They're prone to wander. Yes, sir. You know why sheep, sheep need other sheep? So they can come together and feel, number one, they feel safe. Yeah. Any of y'all ever come to this church feeling victimized and vulnerable? You've had a bad day. You don't feel like the sun's going to rise tomorrow. Everything at home is going south. Everything at work is going south. Everything in your mind is going south. Everything in your emotions is going south. You can't think straight, talk straight, act straight, walk straight. You can't even live straight. You're a crippled mess until you come in here and all of a sudden we start saying things like, We're floating down the stream of time. We have not long to stay. And as a dumb sheep, a light bulb goes, ding, ding. Wait a minute. This has been a terrible month, but it's not going to last forever. The stormy clouds of darkness will turn to brightest day. And then this is where y'all supposed to start going, bah, bah, amen, amen, glory to God, hallelujah. I can't get y'all to do it now. Then we get to the cause. The lifeboat city is coming. And, and you know what you, you do? All it's supposed to do. All of a sudden you feel a little bit safer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we know when we're in here? We're in the arms and the care of the shepherd. Yes, sir. And he starts speaking to us through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and the preaching. And John chapter 10 said, My sheep, hear my voice. Yeah. And I like the next part. It don't say they know me. It says, and I know them. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be in the sheepfold tonight. And when you leave, as the prodigal, you leave the love of your father. You leave your family. You leave your sheepfold behind. Amen. You leave your foundation. You, he left everything he had been taught, his upbringing. He left it. Any of you, any of you mamas and daddies ever 
brought shame to your mamas and daddies when you left the father's house and went to the far country. You shamed them. And here's the thing, as a normal father and mother, I know we would all say it's okay, son, and bring you back in and love on you. But at the end of the day, they still know some of that stuff you've done. And they might do a good job of saying that it's all the way gone, but it still keeps them up every now and then at night, I promise you. But good news, glad, happy day. When God said He forgave you and He washed it all away, it's as far as the east is from the west. It's gone, baby. It's gone. It's gone tonight. That is real, genuine forgiveness. You don't know about that if you never come home as a prodigal. I am not a bit proud of what I have done in the far country, but I am real happy and proud about how He forgave me for it. Y'all are dead or in a west tonight. I said I'm happy about how He forgave me about it. Yeah, yeah my head, when you was tipping beers back, He's seen every one of them, but He's forgave you for it. Yeah, when you're letting them put ink through your veins and mark your precious body up that he bought. By the way, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and he purchased it in his own blood. And we've all been guilty, most of us in the room tonight, of marking it up and blotching it up. But ain't you glad that he one day has not only forgave you now, but he's going to give you a glorified, sanctified, pure, washed, clean body uh, in the likeness of his own I'm telling you it's good to know the father tonight I can't take away these old scars on my body but he is and he has on these days left his foundation he left his faith but then tonight I want to look at some things you're going to lose you're going to look listen you're going to leave some things as a prodigal but but you need to hear me you will lose some things Y'all listening? Uh, You're not going to get to keep your hand in the bucket at the Father's table and eat corn husk with the pigs at the same time. You're going to lose some things. You're going to leave some things, but you're going to lose some things. Number one, he lost his portion. Look at verse number 12. The Bible said in verse number 12, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided unto them his living. This, this portion was not the younger sons nor the elder sons to borrow or to spend or to waste. It was all a portion of their provider or the father. And if you go to the far country as a prodigal son, my friend, you'll lose your portion. The Bible said he wasted away his father's portion, his father's word, his father's inheritance. Can I say, it's easy to spend money you didn't earn. You don't know why Christians waste so much grace? We didn't pay a dime for it. Isn't it amazing how you can come use somebody else's tools and when you get done with them, you'll throw them down the floor, kick them out the way, spill chalk all over them. Ain't no big deal. Accidentally get paint primer all over them. Ain't no big deal. I mean, I just no tool. But let you bring your new set in. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Then I'll say, hey, man, that's brand new. Don't treat my stuff like that. What's the difference? Come on. Man. Are you paid for it? Come on, somebody. Yeah, you don't know why I turned our four-wheeler as a boy into a bulldozer? 
When I'm in the mountains, I don't need a bulldozer or a bobcat. I'll have one called a Suzuki Iver. I run over trees this big around. Cut them in half, rip half the bottom of the full wheel around. I didn't think two things about it. You want to know why? Wouldn't make me famous. Yep. Yeah. Come on. Come on, somebody. I'd come home from hunting and say, son, that is not a bulldozer. That is a four-wheeler. I said, well, that's all I've been doing. He said, no. There's, a, there's this much of a, a, that big around that big of a tree hanging out the front of it. And headlights busting out of it, stupid. I know what you've been doing. And you can't do it. I couldn't understand it then, but I see more we're talking about now. Yeah. Why? He paid the price. Yes, sir. Look at what God does when you take his grace and wad it up, put it in the back pocket, and just do whatever you want to do. Oh, you know why it's easy for you to be a particle, for you to turn, and for you to dive on the far country? You never paid the price for the portion of grace that's been done. Right, right. I wish to God it registered some of you tonight how much God paid for you. Yeah. It's hard preaching and teaching and being a pastor of the Laodicea and Iowa where the church is lukewarm. It is the Laodicea and Hour, by the way. And he said in the Laodicea and Hour, which is the last days, that the church would be lukewarm. That's why he said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock if any man. You know what God has shifted from? A nation to an individual. Yep. Hey, and here's, here's the only way I keep my sanity half the time is God is interested. Nobody here but one person on the door. And God's what God's interested in. If any singular man will open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Right. But ain't no sense why we all can't have fellowship with him. Ain't no sense why we all can't sit around the table and eat with the Father. He lost his portion. Can I say this? You go to the far country, if you're a prodigal, you'll lose your peace. Look at verse 14 tonight. Verse 14. When he had spent all, how many of y'all know that's exactly what takes place in the far country? There arose a mighty famine. How many of y'all know that's the second thing that takes place in the far country? You spend all your fortune, you live in a famine. There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in what? He had no peace. You know what you don't have tonight if you're in fellowship with God? You don't have a problem with not having peace. You don't have a care in this world. If you're really walking, we sing that song, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Can I say, if you're really trusting and obeying, you're happy. You don't know when Christians get miserable? When they lose their peace. You don't know how you lose your peace? Dabbling in the wrong place. You may not be out buying harlots and putting booze back, but if you're not in fellowship with God, you're just like an elder son. You're still in the Father's house, but the Father don't have your heart. God's not nearly as impressed as for you being in His house as He is knowing you have. He has your heart. You'll lose your peace. Can I say this? The peace of God is a peace that passeth all understanding. Do y'all remember the days if you were a prodigal? Do you remember the days laying down being miserable? Yes, sir. May even had more materialistic, materialistically speaking then than you do now. Yeah. Maybe when you were in the far country you had more money. Come on, preacher. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
you didn't have no peace. Maybe it's in the far country you had more friends, it appeared. But you didn't have no peace. Did anybody lose any friends coming to the Father's house? Well, let me back up. Quote, unquote, friends. They friends as long as you benefit them. As soon as you differed from them and chose God, you was no longer suddenly no longer a buddy no more. No longer one of the girls no more. But I'm going to tell you, you might have had a whole bunch of people, but you didn't have no peace. You may have had a whole bunch of pleasure, but you didn't have no peace. How do you know? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt hanging on the wall. Ain't nothing like, I need a little help right here. Ain't nothing like knowing and living in the peace of Almighty God. It is a peace that truly does pass all understanding. You'll lose your peace in the far country. If you're a prodigal, you're losing your peace. Ain't nothing like laying down feeling dirty, are they? How many of y'all just, and I'm afraid to know the real answer to this because there's probably a few. How many of y'all just go to work all day and sweat and labor and get grimy and greasy and dirty and nasty and smelly and sticky? Go to the house and sit down and put your Crocs on, your, your PJs and your T-shirt, loose-fitting soft cotton T-shirt. Put your favorite show on, just sit there smelling like a, like a goat. Sticky from head to toe, greasy hair, earwax running out your ears, dirt and grime all under your nails, your armpits stink, your feet sticking to your socks. You just say, all right, boys, it's time to go to bed. Go in there and pull the sheets over. That, by the way, if you sleep in a bed dirty, you're going to have a dirty bed. You just snuggle right up and smell yourself all over them sheets and pillows. Think about like good armpit over What's so pleasant? You just snuggle right up and sleep like a baby alligator. Now, if I feel something roll around on the bottom of my foot in the bed, I'm coming out of there like there's a fire in the house. I can't handle it. You know what the first thing you want to do, hopefully, is clean yourself up. Lay down and get some rest. You know what you lose when you when you go down to the far country and you start walking with pigs? You lose the ability to have any kind of rest or peace. It's hard to have peace. It's hard to go to bed. It's hard to have rest when you're dirty. By the way, there's never been a prodigal go to the far country without becoming a pig. And you put lipstick on one, baby, but you're still a pig. Some of y'all are saying amen right here. Some of y'all's mother-in-law. It's what she looks like. A pig with lipstick. But she's still a pig. You can't get rid of far country. Once it gets on you, it's on you. Until you come home. You know one of the first things the father done when he came to the house? He said, we got to clean you up. Y'all remember that day as a product when you came and got clean? It wasn't getting saved again, but it was close, wasn't it? I remember it, man. I remember coming home as a young man, coming back to the father's house and walking out and all that muck and mire and all that pig slop and pig dung and pig mud and pig mess, it all just got washed right off of me. You'll lose your peace in the far country. Not only will you lose your peace, look at verse 15. The Bible said, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Can I say, the next thing you'll lose is your purity. Yes, sir. Once you've been sleeping with pigs, 
and you made your bed in the mud, what's been done has been done. Can it be forgiven? Yes. Can it be restored? Yes. Can you be cleansed? Yes. But you cannot get back the days that you dined with a swine. Y'all listening to me, ain't you? You'll lose your pure... I, I, I'm disgusted thinking about a man wallowing around rooting like a pig with pigs. Can I say it's exactly what we look like when we leave the Father's house? Y'all listening, ain't you? I'm trying to warn you that things are not as pretty and as nice and as joyful and as pleasurable as they may appear in the far country. You leave the Father's house, you're going to lose some things. You're going to lose your peace. You're going to lose your purity. Once your purity is gone, I need a little help right here. It's gone. Y'all, God will forgive you, but it's the, the deed's done. It's gone. You're no longer clean. You're defiled. I'll say the stench can be removed, but it will take a while. Y'all ever smelt pigs? You can smell them for three miles away if the wind's blowing the right direction. You try living with them and tell me how long it takes, how many baths you got to take before you start getting all that off of you. It'll all go away, but there's a lingering effect and a lasting effect. The dirt can be dissolved, but listen to me, the purity in your life, when it has become polluted, that is something you'll never get back. Hey kids, listen to me. If you go to the far country, the first thing, one of the first things to go is going to be your purity. Now, I'm not just talking about in an intimate way. That, that's there as well. But I'm talking about, what about this? Right here, I'm fixing to upset everybody again like I do every week. About phones and all. These kids, ain't none of them got pure minds because of what y'all let them have. We can't get it out of their life completely. It's everywhere. But my God, don't give them a cause to walk in, sit down, take a chair, and eat popcorn and get defiled. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> the minds of our youth have been polluted. Yeah. They are impure. Their purity is gone. Those little boys, seven, eight, nine years old right now that are completely addicted. Hey, you know, I deal with them. Yeah. Yes, sir. They are addicted. My little boy is six. Seven-year-old boys are addicted to pornography. Oh, preacher. Yep. Seven. This is the God's honest truth. I know I wasn't raised in the 30s and 40s, and it was evil in my day. I understand that, but I had no idea if you said that word. When I was seven, I would have no earthly idea if you would have heard it. I have no clue. I remember in sixth grade them boys saying things and I act like I know what they're talking about and I have no clue. And I'm not a bit ashamed of that nor am I recovering from that. I am grateful for that. There's girls in here right now that don't know if they want to love boys or girls when they get older because of what they hold in their hands. You're right, preacher. Preach, preacher. There's things going on in the youth of our day. And you mamas and daddies can bury your heads in the sand all you want to. They are smarter than you are. Yep. Yes, sir. Conversations have been had that I know about. You mamas and daddies don't know about. And I'm just praying on how we're going to deal with it. 
in this church and y'all think that your little princess is just minding her own business and all the walls are up and she's doing so good and right now her heart's bent down with her chest because she knows who I'm talking about in this church. Yep. Now I don't know how we're going to deal with it just yet, but we're going to deal with it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are you saying? I'm trying to tell you they've got enough pull on for the far country. Minimize how you aid them. Yeah. I'm not trying to be your boss. I'm trying to keep your kids from losing their mind and getting perverted. You know why I'm preach on it? I about lost mine to it. Y'all remember that? Two years ago? Been over two years now. My little girl got caught in a mess. I got a good daughter in that young lady right there. She loves God. She loves her daddy. She's never given me a moment's trouble. But she got caught up. Can I say what the pull is? It's more than just a pull to pervert me. It's a pull to absolutely remove them from the Father's house. You don't think you want. I'm not charismatic. I'm not throwing out devils and, and waving white uh, sweat. Uh, Suit coats on people knocking them out. I ain't doing all that mess. All that stuff, fake and phony. I ain't, I, I ain't care if Matt, but I'm going to tell you this. There's a presence attached to that stuff she was involved with. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. And I don't none of y'all think. I got a mama back there and my, and my daughter right there. We'll all three stand before the judgment seat of God. When I started dealing with it, there was some spooky stuff started happening in my house. Oh, yeah. I said, go get you. I woke him up out of the bed. I said, go get the iPad now. As soon as I said that, that lip went to quit him. Daddy, Daddy, I'm sorry. Daddy, I'm sorry. I hadn't even said what it was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is it? She knew there was something pulling her. Yep. Yeah. Then it take me two minutes. I seen things I thought I'd never see in my life. Started with other kids and things that they've got enough on people. I'm trying to tell you. And I started dealing with her on that. And uh, she knew she was caught. She knew she was wrong. She knew she was sorry. And she said, Daddy said, from here, she said, I'm going to be, compl- I'll never forget as long as I'm going to be completely honest with you. Okay, Dad, can I just be honest? I said, That's what I need. She said, Daddy, something is wrong. She said, I know better. And he said, oh, it's just been a few times. She said, something's wrong. I said, well, explain to me what is wrong. And there was that, that some of them videos and TikToks and all that stuff going around. Kids her age talking about love, girls loving girls and boys loving boys. And you can just choose love. She said, Daddy, I'm laying in my bed at night. And she said, there's something in my head talking to me. I said, okay, honey, what's, 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 what are you thinking? She said, no, I'm telling you, I hear something in my head. She says, tell me that your daddy's a liar. Yeah. And that book that he preaches is a liar. And you can choose to be and do whatever you want to be. And do you can love whomever. Are you listening? I'm talking about the pastor's house. Yeah. Now, most preachers would be too dignified, too spiritual to admit you that happened under their watch care, but it did. And there was a demonic presence coming in that room, boy. And her and mama got scared and said, what is that? And I said, that's hell coming against us. I said, but greater is he. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in us 
the king that's in the world, and we prayed together as a family. And I said, All right, some of y'all heard this about the game. I said, Now it's time. There's got to be a punishment for this, right, Madison? She said, Yes, Daddy. I said, I'm talking about a bad one. She said, I understand. Yes, Daddy. I said, I'm talking about one you ain't never going to forget. I have to punish you. And I used Bible. I said, We understand the wage of sin is death. I said, But it also comes with chastisement. Yeah. I understand, Daddy. I said, Once you go in that kitchen, find me the biggest, heaviest duty wooden spoon that you can find. No questions asked. She went and got it. I said, Now I'm going to teach you a little lesson about the grace of God. That's right. She said, Okay, Daddy. I said, Did I stay up in the middle of the night when everybody was asleep and watch these videos? No, I said, I've been listening to worldly music even though I have been taught and trained not to listen to the world. By the way, we're going to do We're going to get back to worldly music. I've been seeing some things, hearing some things. Some of y'all's music's wrong. Yep. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to hit that again too here in a week or two. I said, have I been sneaking to it? No, Daddy. I said, have I been up doing things? No, Daddy. I said, so I'm innocent. He said, yes, Daddy. I said, you're guilty. That's right, Daddy. I said, well, here's the deal. I said, 2,000 years ago, and I'm going to close here. I'm, talk, I'm still talking about the prodigal. She, she back got out in the park yeah. And it was just God because I was a nervous wreck. I was tore up. I could not believe all that I was seeing. And God gave me the wisdom to do this. I said, I'm going to teach you a little lesson about the grace of God. I said, Madison Hope, you've let me down. You've let Amy down. You've let our whole family down. You've let our church down. I said, but most of all, you've let God who bought and paid for you down. I said, now I know. I know you know I'm let down discouraged, but I want you to think about him for a minute. I said, because 2,000 years ago, his eyes seen what your eyes have been looking for, so you're going to have to look at it. His ears heard the things you... You saw, I, I, the Bible said he didn't just take our sin, he became our sin. That's right. Now I was reading today in Galatians chapter number 3. Did you know he not only took the curse, he became the curse. Yes, sir. Galatians 3, I was reading it today. He became the curse under the law. Yep. To fulfill the law. Yep. I said, he took your punishment on that cross. I said, so here's what we're fixing to do, Madison. I said, so help me God in heaven. If you do not do everything I'm fixing to say, it'll be the worst whoop in your lifetime. I said, I'm going to bend over the edge of this couch. I said, you're going to take that wooden spoon that you deserve to be walked with and you're going to hit me on my rear end as hard as you can five times. She said, Daddy, please don't make me do it. I said, no, you're doing it. Please, Daddy, don't make me do it. I said, no, you're going to beat me like I'm the worst criminal you've ever seen in your life. But, Daddy, you didn't do nothing wrong. I said, no, and neither did he. Daddy, I can't do this. This hurts me to hurt you. I said, imagine how he feels. Yeah. And I'll never forget it, and I don't think she will neither. As she would weep. Whack. Did it hurt, full grown man? It really did hurt. I said, do it again. Whack. Five times. And when she was done, she embraced, hugged me. I embraced and hugged her. We cried together. And thank God together that he would be so wonderful. So gracious. You know what she told me, Daddy? That's the worst whooping I ever got. Yeah. You don't know why? She didn't feel a bit of it, but she did right here. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Can I say that ought to be something you think about before you pilfer off into the far country? Yeah. Hey, girls and guys and gals, 
All you can is, I'm telling you, my heart is about to bust because I see I see it. You think I'm just doing this because I have a, just, just a hobby horse to ride? I know some of the stuff that our kids are dealing with. Your mom and daddy's around walking around whistling Dixie. And I want them to know God sees it all. Yeah. And He knows your thoughts. He knows your pains. He knows your doubts. He knows your cares. He knows your discares. And listen to me. If you're saved, and I think a good portion of you are, you need to go back to a cross where He did everything He could do to keep you from going to the far country. And here's what you're going to do. And waste all the blessings God's given you. You know what would be a shame is for some of these kids to be raised in a church like this and by 16 they blow it and waste it all. Some of you moms and dads, if you're not careful, you're going to do the same yeah. thing. Can I say this tonight? You don't have to. So Chris, if you go ahead, I'm not, you don't have to tonight. You're going to lose some things. You'll lose your purity out there. You'll lose your peace out there. You'll lose everything God has given you. You'll lose your portion out there. I don't have time to preach it, but he lost his position out there. In verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? I will rise and go to my father. I will say to my father, I have sinned against heaven before thee, and no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He didn't lose his position with the father, but he did lose the position in his own mind. You know one of the worst things for a, for a church member, a church kid, or anybody to, to feel is that I'm not even worthy enough to be called a son. Because all your sin and shame overrides all God's done for you, and that's all you can see. The far country will rob you of your position. Not in his eyes, but in your eyes. I am no more worthy. It's a bad thing to live and walk around with guilt and shame on you. It's a bad thing. I've been there, kids. I'm trying to tell you something. I've been there. I know. Yes, I came home. Yes, I got cleaned up. Yes, He forgave me. Yes, He restored me. But listen to me. I close my eyes to pray sometimes, Brother Jeff. And those it's like it happened yesterday. Those memories will flood my mind. I'll be trying to pray and see things that really happened that I shouldn't see. And I'll say, oh God, please help me. That scars... I'll take with me, Brother Caleb, to the great God. God don't see it all, but it changed the position in my life. And you know, still this day, the devil uses all that stuff against me. How you gonna go in there and preach on music when you used to listen to it like a while? I still find it. How you gonna go in there telling kids not to look at stuff not to look to when you used to? He still works on me like this. But I turn the tables and say, more of the reason. Because you nearly destroyed me, but if I can help it, I'm going to fight and try every way I can to keep them kids from losing the battles I lost. You know what he'll call me every now and then? The devil? He'll call me hypocrite. You used to do that. You were going to tell them, and you know what I got to say? Yes, I am. Because no matter if I listen or not, it's still not okay, it's still right. To do right, it's still wrong to do wrong. And if I can just save one, I'm going to the far country, Brother Shelby. 
so be it. So tonight, as we're all in the Father's house, I wonder how many elder brothers we have here. Everybody thinks you got it going on, but you know you don't. You're wasting your living just as much. You're just coming home at night sleeping in bed. You didn't go out there with pigs just yet. But you didn't. Or who it is tonight that needs to get things right with God. Let's say, Father, love you. I pray, God, that you take this invitation and work in people's hearts. We need help tonight, Lord. Use this to be a blessing to somebody. In Jesus' name. Amen. Nobody's looking. Everybody come. Everybody come.